You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. What a beautiful God you are. We give you praise. We thank you for answering our prayers. We thank you for what your spirit is doing in this place. We give you all praise and all glory in Jesus' mighty name. Because we shout a big amen. Would you help me thank the person next to you for praying for you? Tell them I love you also. I love you too. I was shy to say it earlier, but I do love you. I do love you. I do not know your password. I've tried to guess, but I, I don't know your password. Is it 111? <laughs> it's a short password. All right. It's a beautiful service to be in. Thank you so much for coming. Um, could we very, very, uh, just warmly celebrate Pastor Dami Mano for sharing his God experience with us. He's such a beautiful man of God. Uh, I'm sure you, when he came, you were like, who's this fine guy and all that stuff. Uh, he's uh, one of the pastors at the Guiding Light Assembly. Uh, uh, and I know part of his story. And I was, you know, we had a conversation once. He's um, in public service already. He's one of the, <laughs> he's looking at me like, he's one of the youngest uh, GMs of a government parastatal. In fact, I want to say one of, I think I'm being, he's the youngest, I suspect. All right, um, he's a GM of a government parastatal already, um, and you, he's just phenomenal in terms of his humility and how God is using him. Um, who knows? Maybe one day he'll be governor. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, all right, but he's my friend. Okay, <laughs> he's my friend. <laughs> just to cover all bases, yeah. But but thank you so much, and you know we. All right, I'm, I'm not preaching, though. And God will forgive those who were excited. But I preached well last Sunday. Yeah, what did I preach last Sunday? Huh? Offense. Um, okay, yeah, that's a good message. I'm not offended. All right, I'm not preaching. But I am preaching this Wednesday. Uh, we start at elevation. No, it's a lie. I don't. I don't believe you. <laughs> at elevation church, September is a month where we talk about relationships and marriage. I'm getting right into it on Sun on Wednesday, talking about how to recover from a broken heart. All right, so that I can I don't want to, I had a list. I don't want to mention names, but you you have to be here early. Come at five. <laughs> come on behalf of your brothers, on behalf. But do come because I want us to start. Let's deal with that and then we'll move on. All right. So how to recover from a broken heart? Um, I believe strongly that God has given me a word for men. So on Sunday, I will attempt to have that conversation. Women, please come because you need to hear this. This man is come till he needs to stop. Uh, yeah, I'm serious. Uh, but I do, I feel so strongly that God has given me a word for men. And so we'll talk about that next Sunday. Uh, but but um, this month is going to be really beautiful. I was saying to the leaders as we prayed, this is what happens when I'm not preaching, yeah? Because like last yesterday, I was like, what am I doing with my time? I'm not preaching, I'm, pre I'm preparing. So like, this is me trying to feel, but I'm going to go. I sent the leaders, I said, um, I sense that God has set before us an open door. All right? As this month, I feel God has set before us an open door. And we will not just admire it, talk about it, or sing about it. We will walk through it. All right? All right? So tell your neighbor, you move, 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 move. All right? Today, God's word is brought to us by someone who I've... Uh, all had the you know opportunity to know from a distance. You know, social media nowadays, you know everybody. So I seen him. I was like, I know him. I've, I've, you know, he's a friend of mine, like that. <laughs> um, but he's a twin, right? Um, 
Um, <laughs> do you want to have twins, sweetheart? I mean, with me, I mean, like. Okay, we can talk about it later. And I'm so sorry I didn't tell you earlier, but it just occurred to me because I then after service on Sunday I took pictures with twins, and then we have a twin. <laughs> okay, he's the senior leader of Light London Church and the CEO of Wealth Mentor Online. He's um, he's a prophet and he's a pastor and a teacher. Uh, um, in fact, you know it was interesting to speaking to him this morning. I said, "Were you born in Lagos?" He says, "No." I was born in Ibadan. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, I was like, you know, when Bible went, they say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I, that's a private joke, and I explained to her, because someone in our church normally just talks about Ibadan, you know, every Sunday. You know, but he was born in Ibadan, um, lived a lot of his life in the UK. He's married. Um, pastored and has set up quite a lot of church and I do believe that God has given him a word for us so Lifepoint could we stand and honor him with a deep welcome pastor Toby Arariomi as he brings us God's word this Sunday morning excited to be here today. I'm excited that I get to spend some time with LifePoint. I do have a prophetic word for you that God gave me this morning. I was up all night asking him for a word and he didn't give it to me till I was on the way in here. Um, how many of you have the same Holy Spirit I have? You pray and he doesn't talk to you, but you get into the bathroom and all of a sudden... There's no pen, no paper, and you're rushing around. I don't want to give you the image. You're rushing around with a pen and wet towels and just <laughs> trying to scribe what the Holy Spirit is releasing to you. And God has definitely given me a word for this house. And um, I want you to be in a place where you can believe it and receive it for yourself. Amen. Amen. Um, Pastor Idris, I can't see anyone. Are you there? Maybe. Oh, hello, Pastor Idris. Thank you so much for having me. Such, a, such an honor to be in your midst. And uh, in the short minutes that I've had with you, um, I appreciate your humility and your kindness and welcoming me in here as well. Um, can we all give him a round of applause? Amen. Um, I'm going to jump straight in. I'm going to jump straight in because I can see the timer of doom in front of me. So I'm going to jump straight in and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start teaching. Uh, you may be seated, but before you sit down, help me tell seven people seven times they're blessed. If you're smart, you'll say you're blessed times seven. Okay. Amen. 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 Um, greetings from... Uh, UK from Windsor where I live um, and uh, my wife also who I miss dearly I'm going to preach better today because I got to speak to her all night 
we were acting like boyfriend and girlfriend again and just blowing kisses. I love you. I love you too. No, you don't love me. Tell me how much you love me. And we, were, we, were, <laughs> we were having a good time, but I'm sure you don't want to know about that. Um, but we, I want to I discuss with you today a message that God has been burning on my spirit, particularly for Nigeria. And I hope that you're quick because the timer is moving quick. I hope you grab it quick. I hope you receive the word with joy today and that it gets founded on the inside of your soul. Um, But the word God had given me for Nigeria is Nigeria is getting ready for a new glory. Okay, that amen just didn't didn't do it. I I don't know if I can move on if you're going to amen me like that. Nigeria is getting ready for a new glory. And maybe your amen isn't strong because you don't yet understand what that means or what it even looks like. Um, But Nigeria is getting ready for a new glory and a new encounter. God has spoken to me about a lot of things that's going to happen with this church. But I want to tell you something. You are pregnant with revival. You are loaded with a Holy Spirit move of God that's going to touch this region and touch this nation. And the Spirit of God began to speak to me about this word glory. Now someone shout glory. Can we get into this really quick? Someone shout glory. Glory is an interesting word to me, and I've been studying it for years now because one of my core passions is the presence of God and the Holy Spirit. I cannot stand to do ministry without the Holy Spirit. I'm in business, and I can't do business without the Holy Spirit. I have a twin, by the way. He was made in my image after my likeness, uh, and I understand how God feels because Adam denied God's existence, and my brother likes to sometimes do the same thing with me. But I was ma- he was made in in my image after my likeness and we get to do ministry together I was born again at the age of 15 years old filled with the Holy Spirit in a, in a school I was saved and the, the next day God began to say to me your ministry begins today can I tell you why because God is doing something quick in the last days that means he's not going to wait for you to catch up he's not going to sit down with your history when he's discussing your destiny he's not having a conversation with your past concerning your future And at 15 years old, God called me. And the next day, he said, your ministry begins. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me at the age of 15. And he said, run now to the train station. Your ministry has begun. And I ran to the train station as fast as I could. And I got there. It was like a 15-minute walk. I ran there in about five minutes. And as I got to the train station, there was a young man on the train tracks getting ready to kill himself. And he went to my school. And the Spirit of God said, tell him about me. And I said, God, I don't even know any scripture the only scripture I knew was Jesus wept I don't know anything beyond that I don't know what to share with him and the Lord began to tell me that I have called you to prophesy and be a prophet that means I'm going to speak through you and I called him out of the train tracks his name was Scott and I began to tell him the word of the Lord and hopefully I get the chance to prophesy over many of you but I got to tell him the word of the Lord and Scott got off the train tracks that day and gave his life to Jesus Christ The next day, um, I have an encounter with God where he takes me to heaven. And the Spirit of God said to me when he took me to heaven, he said, Toby, turn on the light. This was after my heavenly experience. He said, Toby, turn on the light. And I said, Holy Spirit, because I was in my room and the light was already on. And I said, God, but the light is on. He said, Toby, I said, turn on the light. And I said, I started to get afraid. I said, God, the light in my room is on. He said, Toby, Toby. 
turn on the light. And I said, God, I'm getting nervous now. What do you mean by turn on the light? He said, Toby, you know the light is on in your room. But he said, how is it? Why is it that people have to ask you if you belong to me before they know it? Now, now I know some of you wear the t-shirt. Jesus is in me. I know some of you girls like to wear Proverbs 31 woman on your t-shirt and you like say I'm a P31 woman uh, but it, it, Jesus said let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven so I went to my school that day with the Holy Spirit and he said to me preach the gospel and all of a sudden revival broke out in my school and, the, and, and hundreds of kids were coming to the Lord and actually teachers were my Holy Spirit catchers and they were catching people now my brother was ashamed because I bear his image and he couldn't stand to see that his brother was preaching so my brother would hide his face because my brother had a harem of girlfriends and all my girlfriends left because the Holy Ghost came in and my brother had a harem with him and he was like they were like do you know him and he was like Peter he was like I swear I don't know him let him go to the I, I don't know him. and later on my brother comes to the Lord in, 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 a, in a phenomenal way and we were called to ministry at the same time we had a dream at the exact same time it was the exact same dream where God called us into ministry and we are where we are today and God is lifting you to a new glory what does the word glory mean I hope you're with me today what does the word glory mean in the new testament in the old testament the word glory means weight splendor majesty in a few moments the weight of God is going to come down in this place the splendor of God the majesty of God thank you for one amen the favor of God's gonna fall on the inside of this place and and the Bible says you'll be turned into another person when the glory of God hits you but in the New Testament the word glory takes on a new meaning it's the word doxa and I studied the word doxa for a while and why can I boldly say God's gonna lift you to a new glory because anytime a minister comes who's at another dimension of glory than you are it is an invitation to a new dimension that means God is calling some of you higher up. That means I've come to announce that your wilderness season has ended. I I'm only announcing it for one person in this room. i come to announce that your wilderness season has ended and God is bringing you into a new dimension of glory. God's going to bring some of you into angelic encounters. Some of you were in realms where you'll dream dreams and see visions. In fact, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me when I was younger about being in business because God's doing a new thing right now where no longer will you be called a prophet or a pastor or a priest but God's raising up prophets kings and priests that means there's a millionaire mantle falling in this house for the person who says amen and receives it with their spirit listen I know what I'm talking about because when I first had a vision from the Holy Spirit to be a millionaire I said God Christians can't be rich there were a few things I said God Christians can't have. One of the things that I said God Christians can't have is Christians can't have beautiful wives. <laughs> because every time I went to a conference, <sighs> the pastor would say, help me welcome the woman God brought into my life. The beauty of God. They are not a vessel that has helped me in my journey, my wife. And you'll see this woman on the front row. And I'll be looking, God, is this, are we looking with faith? Where? 
One thing I thought we could have, so when my wife came, you got to see my wife, man. If you saw my wife, some of you men, I'd have to bind your spirits because she is gorgeous, beautiful. She, I, I mean, I, I, God knew I'm not humble. When you see my wife, she's, she, you think I'm proud. She's just gorgeous. And, and so I, I married me, the love of my, li- my life. The other thing I said, God, Christians can't be, is Christians can't be wealthy. And in my bedroom, the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he gave me a vision. And in this vision, it was over, it was over uh, 15 years ago, the Lord gave me a vision, and I drew a pad. And God said, it will end paper. It will end newspapers. It will have applications on it. It will have different things on it that different people can do. And, and, and it will be able to write and play games and all this stuff. And it will be held in people's hands. And there'll be a camera on it. And I drew the exact thing. I went to a, a, an organization in my country called the Princess Trust in England, my other country, called the Princess Trust, where they could, uh, where they could help me design this thing. And the Princess Trust said, don't tell anyone this idea idea. Take it to an ideas broker and you'll be able to get the royalties off the sales. Did I do it? No. My church people thought I was lying when I said this, but years later, I'm holding one of these devices in my hand. And my, my, my friends thought I was lying when I said it and they found one of my journals because my friends are nosy. They found one of my journals because they like to hear the prophetic words I had when I was 15 years old. And they found one of my prophetic journals and in that journal I drew an iPad before it ever came out. So I said to God, the next time you give me a divine idea, God, I'll run with the idea you give me. I'm so sorry, I could have been Steve Jobs without the death part. And so I said, God, the next time you give me a vision, I'm going to run with it. So I sat down in my room and the Holy Spirit gave me a vision. And it was, you wouldn't think it was great, but it was a millionaire plan. I even had the math from the Holy Spirit. He helped me do, because I'm useless at math. He helped me do my, my financial forecast and my extrapolations. He helped me do my profit and loss uh, accounts. And I wrote down everything verbatim from the Holy Spirit. And I went out with that dream, armed with that vision to be a millionaire. It was a cleaning that was a bit different it connected to local uh, businesses so they could pay you and it was like a marketing company at the same time and I drew this vision down and I told my parents my parents what cleaning company as far as it's only doctor lawyer Accountant, engineer, cleaning is. I said, Dad, I want to stop this cleaning. You can't even tidy your room. (laughs) Oh, they so insulted me. I gave up on the vision. Years later, I went to university, studied law. I came back from the university my second year home and I was sat down in my room with my, and my mom was watching some Nigerian uh, channel. We can find those in England on Sky, somewhere in the deep, deep end of Sky. And we found this Nigerian program and there was this, uh, my mom called, said, Toby, Toby Loba, come. I ran thinking she had died. I ran into the room and she's watching the TV. She goes, I saw on TV a young Nigerian guy from England. He set up a cleaning company. It was a marketing company. The young guy's a multi-millionaire. My mom said, isn't this division you had that time? (laughs) 
So I, I prayed and I, I said, God, have mercy on me. Next time you give me a vision, I'm going to run with the vision you give me. I'm going to move with the assignment you give me. And God gave me a, a, a fund. And he said, build me a bank. And I said, God, my maths. He said, build me a bank and I'll take it around the world. And so I, I opened up a company by faith. I didn't know anything about financial markets. And a 16-year-old boy who was turning over 20,000 pounds, that's sterling, per month, said to me, I'll teach you how to do this. And I sat down with them and I learned how to do it. But meanwhile, the Holy Spirit was giving me ideas and secrets about the market. And I exceeded him. He became jealous. And I did not tell a soul. I started the company. My first day, I'm sat in my one-bedroom apartment in a, place in, in, in a place called Nigeria in London. It's called Nigeria in London because for some reason, all the Nigerians... Decided to live there. It's called Woolwich. Oh, you know it. We call it Woolish. And I'm there in Woolish, in my bedroom. I had a mouse infested apartment with cockroaches running around. And God says, you're going to be a millionaire. My earth was void and empty and dark, but God said, millionaire. And I sat down and I set up my computer. I stuck something on the wall saying Basilica Capital, open for business. And me and my wife had only a little bit of money left. It got so desperate because I left my job to start my, I don't advise anyone do this. I've learned some wisdom since. I left my job to start my business. I had to become an Uber driver because I left my job. We had no food. Once I was in my living room, and when I left my job to start my business, I said, babe, I left my job. My wife said, babe, I've just been made redundant with no pay. I quickly took myself to the Uber office to, to, to license myself. And while I'm standing there in this, in this place, I'm, I'm starving. My wife is hungry. I'm sad on the inside. I said, God, you told me about this dream, but you didn't tell me about the journey that I'm going to go through to get to this dream. And we're starving. I said, God, I could do with a steak right now. And we looked out the window. Our neighbors don't talk to us at all. And I saw this French lady, who's my next door neighbor, walk across my house. She came into my house. She said, by the way, I got a, an order from Amazon. Can you, can you give it to me? I gave it to her. I said, me and my husband are making steak right now. Could you come over and eat? <laughs> we went to eat steak in our house. I had about 500 pounds left. I'll never forget it. Being a, in a service. And there's a pastor who's talking about offering. And I'm saying, shh. You know how you start over-talking in your head so you don't hear the Holy Spirit? I'm like talking and I'm speaking in tongues. And I can hear the Holy Ghost saying, yeah, you're about to. I'm like, shh. Son, give I'm catching the Holy Ghost and the Lord is speaking to me about giving that last bit I have left. I said, God, you don't, you, you don't understand us. That's all I have. He said, that's all I asked for. And I took my 500 pounds and I gave it to the pastor. And she said, thank you. I said, no. I said, God bless you. I said, can I take God bless you to the bank? 
I took that money, I gave that money, and I went home. And you know when you give that level of money, your brain just goes, idiot. Like that was the religious spirit that took over. And I get home, and when I'm sat down in my chair, because I bought myself a swivel chair that was 20 pounds, secondhand, because I wanted to feel like a boss at least. And I'm swiveling in my chair at home. And all of a sudden, my phone rings. And I say, hello? It says, hi. I'm a millionaire from Indonesia. I said, how did you get my number? It's on your website. I built a website. I forgot about it. <laughs> he says, sir, I want to give you 100,000 pounds to trade for me. I started acting. I said, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 100,000. Yep, I'm just writing this. I don't know why I was writing it down. Where? I'm just writing this down. Yes. Um, okay, and I started babbling like a fool. Okay, we'll get what we'll do. We'll get our paperwork together. And I'm just speaking to my legal staff. She's just down the hall from me right now. And we're just sending compliance doc. I didn't have compliance documents. He said, when you're done with this 100,000 pounds, I'll give you 200,000 pounds after. My God, I hung up the phone. I said, well, thank you, sir. You know, God bless you. Yep, yeah. yes, yep. Yeah. He was like, I know you're a Christian, so you'll take it. I said, yes, yes, sir. I put that, okay, bye. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and in, in my, in, I didn't believe the money would come. It was just nice that somebody would speak like that. And a day later, my bank account was loaded with 100,000 pounds. I'd never seen that money in my life. I, did, I, just, I said, I'm scared. You see, sometimes we break, pray for a breakthrough, but we're not often ready when it comes. And the Spirit of God actually spoke to me, and this is why I shared this testimony, because the Spirit of God actually said to me, he's getting ready to raise up kings in this church. Oh, oh, you're, you're, I'm going to talk to this side of the room. He's getting ready to raise up kings in this church. He's getting ready to raise up some CEOs in this house. He's getting ready to release a millionaire anointing. They're still sitting down. He's getting ready to release a millionaire anointing in this house amen and so so God began to speak to me about the glory the word glory by the way in the New Testament means riches wealth and splendor if you want to know the difference between the glory and the anointing read Isaiah 60 and Isaiah 61 in Isaiah uh, it talks about the anointing it's for the poor it's for the needy it's for those who need healing in their body it's for those who need to need a need a body fix when I see somebody who's sick I, I, I believe God for the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden but when you you read in Isaiah 60 about the glory it doesn't bring the poor or the needy the glory brings kings it says and kings shall come to your rising hallelujah it says they will bring their gold and their silver that's why I'm saying the glory is getting ready to come upon this house but what is the access to the glory do you want to know Okay, they don't want to know. Father, we thank you for this time we've had together. We so appreciate you for that. Are you, are you sure you prayed before I came today? Because I, I thought you were coming at the same altitude that I am. I don't like coming down to pray. I like you to come up to this level. Okay, this side of the room is anointed. I, I don't know what's happening here. You're my church. 
So when he talks about the glory, he's talking about weight, splendor, majesty. In the New Testament, the word is different. It's the word dogza. Someone say dogza. I'm about to turn you into scholars. Doxa comes from the word doxology. It means, it means, listen, I've got to say this in 10 minutes. It means the study of opinions. Are you ready to go deep or do you want shallow? Do you want me to preach Jesus wept? It's the word study of opinions, thoughts, ideas. It's different from the New Testament. It also means weight and splendor, but the Greeks give it a a deeper meaning. It's the word opinion or thought. So God comes up to a man by the name of Moses. He says, who shall I say has sent me? Imagine me me sending you somewhere and you say, who shall I say is sending me? And I say, I am. You see, in that moment, God was avoiding something. The spirit of religion has done more damage to the church. God was avoiding religion. Because in religion, you put God in a box. Oh man, I wish I had a church in here. You put God in a box that fits your paradigm. That means if God doesn't do it the way he did it in your understanding, you say it's a devil. When they saw Jesus casting out spirits with a word, they said, it's a devil. When they saw God walking on water towards them, actually they did say it's a ghost. There was a demon that was known in those days to walk upon the water. They were saying, it's a demon. Nigeria you're getting ready for a move of God but my concern for you is that if you don't understand glory you'll call it I wish I had a church in here that'll help me preach you'll call it a demon so in the so God says let me tell you what to call me so you don't get into idolatry because some of us get so into idolatry that we idolize our individual church above the kingdom. And the kingdom is so much bigger than the church. The church is the means through which God fulfills his kingdom agenda. So actually, when you have a church meeting to discuss the vision of the church, you missed it. I was in my church meeting one day and I, and I stood there apostolically and I said, guys, we're going to discuss the vision of the church. And the Holy Spirit stopped me. He said, who told you to discuss the vision of your church? I said, God, but this is what all pastors do. We sit down, we discuss how many members we want by this time and this time. We discuss our movements and how we're going. He said, who told you to, the, 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 to discuss? Do you even know what vision is? I said, God, I know what vision is. It's what we're doing right now. He said, no, read Habakkuk. The Bible says, if you want to know what vision is, vision speaks of the end. And he said to me this, the church is not the end. The church is the means. It's the strategy through which God fulfills his end purpose. And the Spirit of God said these words to me. Is that keyboard playing by itself? Is the Holy Ghost in here playing the keys? And it came to a point that he said to me these words. He says, Toby, 
I did not call you here to Stratford to write a church vision. He said, here in London, there are hundreds of churches. Why do you think I called yours? He said, I don't want you to write a vision for the church. I said, God, what do you want me to write? He said, Toby, I want you to write a vision for your city. Oh, that's where I lost half of you. Because for half of us, church is the bless me club. It's where we go to get our hands laid and we go to fall out. It's where we go to get the anointing. But I put to you that even if you went to anointing services and we poured oil on your head, you did not receive the anointing because the anointing is not received in a service. The anointing is received in your bedroom where there is no organ or keyboard, no drums, no minstrels, no preachers. The anointing is received in the secret place. If you want to know the price of the anointing, don't go to your supermarket. Your supermarket will tell you olive oil is worth, huh? About 400? Naira? That's cheap. If you want to know the price of the anointing, don't ask the supermarket. Ask the olive. Because the olive was crushed. It was pressed. If you want to know the price of the anointing, you're in it right now. Some of you are complaining against things you prayed about. You were in service singing, God, I give myself away. And you were singing that song and God was like, okay, okay. Because Christians don't say lies, they sing them. And God, God sees every song. That's why some of you ought to just stop singing. Yeah. Because God is seeing the songs and he's seeing the tears. And then he ordains your trouble. See, some of you are complaining about your trouble, not knowing that actually what's operating against you is really working for you. The Bible says my present troubles are working for me. A far great. It says God causes all things. Oh man, you're missing it. If I was on, God's getting all the components of everything that's going on with you. You don't like your nose. I didn't like my nose growing up. The, uh, my friends, especially if you grow up in England, here my nose is normal. I looked around. Everybody's got a similar nose. They all got the wide nose here because we needed it for the sun, you know, so we could breathe. But in England, I don't need this wide nose. I'm taking in cold air and, and, and almost having asthma attacks every day in England. I got flat feet for the African sand. But in England, you've got to have curved feet and delicate in England they don't make clothes my size because they're not ready for a six foot Yoruba man God made you exactly where you are he made you short he made you tall some of you even if you went to the gym to be skinny it would never happen God made you God made you exactly the way you are. Basically, if you go into a kitchen and you see, you go into a kitchen and you see, you see eggs and flour. You see sugar. You see white chocolate. You see raisins and cranberries. If you get the egg and drink it, is that good? The raw egg? If you get the sugar and just start backing it. Some of you would do it. In fact, I found your Fanta here. The reason why you like it, it's just sugar. 
In England, it's illegal to have the levels of sugar you have in yours. Sugar. Imagine just eating that. If you got all the chocolate, just cooking chocolate, and you just ate it, it's by itself, it's not good. But when you melt all these things together, and you mix them up together, and then when you put them in the oven, all these things by themselves that are not good, work together to make a cake. You see, your problem is you're looking at your life in pieces. Man, I'm preaching better than you. You're looking at your life in bits. You're looking at the sugar and the flour. And you're wondering, God, what are you doing with me? But God is causing all things to work together for your... Man, I'm only through my introduction. I feel my time is up. No, it's your pastor that I'm under his authority. Don't, don't egg me on. I preach the everlasting gospel so we could be here forever. Let me, let, me, let me try and land this plane in the word. The New Testament, the word is glory, opinion. And God shows up to Moses and he says, I'm not going to be limited by your opinion. Oh, man. I'm not going to allow the opinion you're about to give me to limit me. You see, these children of Israel, they're quite idolatrous. Every time God did something, they built a stone. Abraham himself was called out of an idol-worshipping family. In fact, God is invisible. And he, the only way that God proves he exists, the proof that God is not an idol, is you. God made everything in heaven, on earth, just as it is in heaven. So he looked at the monkeys in heaven. He said, on earth be. He looked at the trees in heaven. He said, produce after your kind in heaven. Just a, he made heaven on earth. He looked at heaven and he copied it on the earth. But when God made you, he looked in the mirror. And he said, let us make man in our... I mean, you don't have to be jealous that I'm a twin. You're a twin too. You're, a twin. you're made in the image and likeness of God. That means when, when you're in this room, God is in this room. Like man, what happened to Adam then when he sinned? He lost, hear this, the opinion of God. Adam and God were so one, God could bring the animals to Adam, and Adam would have the same opinion. No different. You say you, you're this. The same word God called for light and there was light is the same word where it says, and whatever Adam called the animals, God was training his apprentice to be just like him. Whew. And he speaks, oh man, am I amongst prophets? I want to. You see, when I talk like this I'm in prophets, amongst them, we get excited. We start going up to heaven. But if, you're, if your soul is too dull, I mean, you really, we should, maybe we should do like 40 days of fasting and praying. And so we, we, we sat, Adam and Eve sinned. And the moment they sinned, God's like, heard loads of cute messages about how when man sins we're not looking for God but God is looking but one of my problems I agree God is the one searching he's the initiator we love him because he first loved us but one of my problems with that is if he's God and he's omniscient 
Do you ever ask questions? Why couldn't he find? If you're God and you're all-knowing, why could he not find Adam? Because you've got to read it in the Hebrew. It says, and the, the voice, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the voice of the Lord that it was walking. Now, if you're in the spirit, you already caught that. But if you're not, we'll leave it alone. The voice, man. I, 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 the voice that was walking. And as they, as they hid themselves, it says, and in the cool, the word cool there is the Hebrew word ruach. It means breath or wind or spirit. You see, when God made man, he creates him in Genesis 1. He forms the man that he created in Genesis 2. So you are really not your flesh. You are a spirit. And so when God was saying, Adam, where are you? He was looking for Adam in the dimension that's why John chapter 4 says, God is a spirit and he looks for those who worship him in. So this word glory is very important because when Adam and his wife sinned, they said, God said, where are you? He says these words, listen to this. He says, God, we were naked, afraid, so we hid. And God says something so profound, I hope you catch it with your spirit. He says, who told you? Where did you get another? Oh man, I, I, I'm looking for a quicker church. Where did you get a, a, another? When did you and I start thinking differently? Where did you get that thought from, Adam? Whew. You see, some of you, if I was to prophesy to you right now, you'd reject the word. Do you know why you reject it? Because it's a revelation so far above your current opinion. Because when God sees you, he doesn't see you as you are. He comes to Jeremiah as a young child. He said, before I formed you in the womb of your mother, I knew you. And I ordained you a prophet. God doesn't see you where you are. God sees you as he created you. On judgment day, God's not going to judge you based on what you did with your life. He's going to judge you based on what he called you to do. On judgment day, he's going to say, Apostle James, come. And if accountant James shows up. That's why prophets are huge. We are disruptors. Many a time, people have left their jobs, canceled their plans because a prophet came into their life that disrupted the natural order of the way they thought things would be. They thought they were just going to be church goers. But God was ordaining kings and priests and prophets. Man, I come to awaken something on the inside of you. I hope the baby in you begins to leap. I hope the anointing that God placed on the inside of you begins to come alive. And I was, as I was studying this word glory, it means the opinion of a thing. And God said, I am that I am. I'll be who I'll be. Basically, in the lives of my children, I'll give you a blank check. Don't limit me to your religious experience. I am who I am. I'll be what I'll be. Huh. So here, oh, this is going to be good. And if you don't shout, I'll sit down after this one. 
Man. Here he comes in the book of John. He's with his disciples. How many of you sing this song? I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. So the Bible says in John 11, Jesus loved a man called Lazarus. And he heard that his friend was dying. So he waited. Sing it again. I am a... Are you sure? Are you sure? The God who... You got these ugly tears. Where are you? Where are you now? God's looking at your face like, is that my image? <laughs> Some of you just watch too many Nigerian movies and you think God's interested. Yay! I don't die. <laughs> to God be the glory. his friends they're in the midst of a storm fishermen are not exaggerating when they're screaming in a storm so you really go oh look at them worried I hear people preach all the time so 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 rambocious oh yeah yes just don't worry like the disciples these are it's like a doctor seeing a mole and going <gasps> If I saw one, you were like, you just go. If a doctor saw one, these are fishermen. They understand storms. He is a carpenter's apprentice. He doesn't know anything about what's happening. His degree is not in theology. And while he's, while the boat is capsizing, while your life feels like it's going down, while you're failing on your exams, when your boyfriend left you and you were playing boys to men and eating ice cream. Can I tell you how God treats his friends? He hears that Lazarus is dying, so he waits. <laughs> what does the word glory mean? Oh. I'm going to sit down. Father, thank you. No, 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 no. I came to the wrong church. Thank you, Pastor, for having me. When he heard that his friend was dying, the disciples look at him going, they talk, bro, how far now? He's dying, you know. Mm. 
And then comes the news he's been waiting for. <laughs> Your friend. But before this news came, he released a new opinion. See, I'm saying this because God's about, to, you're about to overhear conversations in heaven. And some of you are going to think you have lost your mind. And then you're going to realize when a prophet comes and prophesies the same thing to you. I heard from God. It was just an opinion or a revelation above your current situation. But God was calling you to a higher realm. You see, in heaven, in earth, we count levels in meters. Sometimes we count it in liters. Sometimes we count levels of weight in stones and kilograms. Or some of yours might say to be continued. But in heaven, the way they measure you is glory. Not every minister is the same. Not every Christian is the same. There are different weights to different believers, different, different glories to different. But have you ever been around a believer and they're talking and everyone goes silent? Because somebody with, someone with glory is talking. Man, I want you to be spiritual heavyweights. I want you to walk through the streets of Lagos and they know there's somebody carrying glory. There's somebody who's got weight or influence. And, and the word glory is the word opinion. So Jesus says this word. He continues the Exodus 3 conversation. He says this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die. He shall live. And he says another thing. This sickness is not unto death. It has come for the glory. This sickness has come for a new opinion. Man, 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 man. God's going to bring a new opinion about this church. I, I'm prophesying right now. God's going to give this church a fragrance in this land. He's going to cause your name to be known in government houses. and I'm seeing it right now. A new glory is coming upon this house. There's a day where you'll meet to pray and worship. And the weight of God's glory will be so strong upon you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And he's... he's Oh, he's uh, he releases a new opinion. Why? Because religion was trying to kill revival. And Jesus liked certain opinions. There was actually in Jewish uh, uh, folklore or in Jewish custom, it was said, it wasn't written anywhere, but it was said when the Messiah comes, he'll be so anointed, he could even heal you with his spit. So Jesus goes, I like that opinion. <laughs> and he takes some mud from the ground and... Poof, poof. But one of, 
the folklores. You see, is anything more powerful than the Word of God? Heaven and earth shall pass away. But you're all wrong. Your theology's off. There is something more powerful than the Word of God. Your culture and tradition, the Bible says, has made the Word. Could it be Nigeria that you have such a culture? Your traditions and beliefs have caused you to build churches but not build streets. That your traditions and beliefs have caused you to build churches but not build businesses and hospitals. Could it be Nigeria that your culture and tradition has taught you to develop oil? Your culture has taught you corruption. But here comes, see, this is why the kingdom's so powerful. It's a whole culture on its own. And when the kingdom comes in, it's such a powerful seed that the Bible calls it divine sperm. You see, the difference between sperm and normal seed is if I put normal seed in the ground, depending on the ground, it will grow. But when I put sperm in a womb, that seed has the power to change the environment. It has the power to change the call. A woman's belly will swell. Her ankles will swell. Her back is changing the, the kingdom is such a seed. That when the kingdom comes into a dead environment, it has the ability once the Holy Ghost meets it. Man, some of you got words. You're just, we're just waiting for the wind of God. Why are we waiting for the wind of God? You notice God didn't speak till the Holy Ghost was brooding. Have you ever met a woman who just goes, she sees a baby and she goes, oh, oh, and the parent is just going, oh, oh, and she's, and you say, she's broody. Broody means expectant of a seed. The Holy Ghost was brooding over the faces of the water because he was waiting for the word to be spoken. And here, In this moment, Jesus injects the atmosphere with a new opinion intended to bring those who are at this level to a higher dimension in God. I'm preaching to bring you up. I'm glad we're on an elevated stage. It's a prophetic sign. God is calling you up. And he says... This sickness is not unto death. It's come for a new opinion about God. What religion was fighting revival? Religion is what man makes up to explain his failures in God. When we laid hands and the sick didn't get healed, we created a religion called cessationalism, where God has ceased to do miracles because of our failure. When we saw a scripture that says, uh, come to Christ, no makeup, no anything. Religion also isolates things out of context. And now you're not sanctified, that's just ugly. Religion is responsible for some of the dumbest things that Christians have done. And here was a religion that Jesus had to come against. Are you ready for it? Man, I hope I can tear down your religion. Some of you have been a religion right now. Some of you have a whole cult named after you. 
you've got a Bible called First, and you open it up and it says First Opinions, chapter 1, verse 1. God doesn't love you and will never touch you. First Opinions, chapter 1, verse 2. You'll always bear the sin and shame that you've got. And the problem is, church, as you think in your heart, this is the power of opinions. Your glory is determined by how you think. And so the thought that prevailed in culture in that day was after the third day, the soul of an individual was sealed forever in heaven or hell. So Jesus waits till the fourth day. The world said, after three days, you can never come alive. But Jesus said, I've come to bring the glory of God. So after the fourth day, here comes Jesus with a new opinion. Continuing the conversation in Exodus chapter 3. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And he said something that I'm going to give you a prophetic instruction for. And then I'll leave you alone. Here comes the resurrection and the life. And he's standing outside of the tomb of Lazarus, ready to bring him alive. God is getting ready to bring this church alive. In a way, you thought you were alive. But in comparison to the alive he's about to bring you to, you'll realize that you are only awake in a dream. And he says these words, I pray these words ring in your spirit. He says, hey, roll God, we spent a long time building up this religion. I've got this stronghold and this belief. God, this stone is heavy. But the responsibility, church, if you want to go to the next level, you're going to have to roll some of your own stones away. And can I tell you, when you're coming into the place of glory, God's not going to move it for you. You'll be waiting all your life saying, God, when are you going to roll? When are you going to move this away, God? When are you going to take this sickness away? And God said, hey, 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 roll the stone away. Roll away your unbelief. Roll away your doubt. Roll away. I don't know any of you. Maybe there's an opinion about you. The people in your family have never been millionaires. Maybe there's an opinion about you. I'm getting ready to close right now. But maybe there's an opinion about you that everybody has single cell anemia. And now it's come to you. Maybe there's an opinion about you that nobody has ever graduated. Maybe there's a ceiling over your head. But God's getting ready to bring you to a new dimension of glory. said something's going to have to happen if you're going to come to this new dimension. Oh, tell me right now, you can't even stand because your stone is so heavy. You can't even praise. It's like God, I believed the prophet before and it never came to pass. And now you made an idol of failure. And God says, hey church, I, I want to use you for revival. I want to use you to raise the dead and heal the sick. 
like God, but this stone, this stone is too heavy. A man came to Jesus and said, I believe, but help my unbelief. This stone. You've spent so long building up this level of unbelief. And you're saying to me, do you know what you're saying to me right now? Don't you dare touch my unbelief. You're like, hang on. Uh, hang on, pastor. I spent a long time building this up. I've even perfected the Christian smile. Oh, yeah, praise God. God is good. All the time. All the time. Oh, offering time. Hallelujah. I went to a church once because Nigerians like to say amen and they think the longer they hold it, the greater the blessing. There's always that one auntie. I'm the uncle who's got the tambourine that I just want to take it from him. Shh. He don't play it in rhythm. If you want someone to play in rhythm, get a Jamaican in your church. They know what they're doing with this thing. Nigerians, it may not be our anointing. Just... I went to a church once. I was preaching in a very large church. And I said, God is going to bless you. Amen. God is going to anoint you with power. Amen. The devil is going to defeat you. Amen. I said, see. Look at all of you. You've so learned church that you forgot about the kingdom. Touch your hands to this gentleman over here, just here in front of me. Father, I thank you for your son. and Lord, I thank you for what you're doing, even in the midst of him. And the Spirit of God says over your son, you've seen how I've taken your feet and lifted you. And the Spirit of God says, you've seen how a humble one becomes a great one, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, son, I have placed even upon you a champion's anointing, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, son, I'm giving you a forerunner's mantle and anointing now in this next season. And the Spirit of God says, son, I'm causing you to rub shoulders says the Spirit of God with even influential people but the Spirit of God says part of what I'm also doing the Lord says I'm raising the platform under your feet says the Spirit of God because I've got heights for you to reach that only the influential can bring the tide that will move a culture in this nation says the Spirit of God and the Lord says son out of you I will burst says the Lord the forums where young ones can be sharpened as arrows says the Spirit of God to be released into destiny, purpose, and assignment. And the Spirit of God says, Son, I am girding you about, just like I did with Joshua. The Lord says, Son, just like I stood before Joshua as the angel of the Lord, the Lord says, and I had my, uh, my sword even pointed against him. The Spirit of God says, Son, even over you. The Lord says, Moses had the ability to bring a people out, but the Spirit of God says, Joshua had the ability to bring the people 
in. And the Spirit of God says, Son, I am giving you this day a Joshua anointing and a Joshua mandate, says the Lord. The Lord says uh, uh, that Nigeria has had several exoduses and movements even out of several things. But the Lord says when they moved out, they did not have a vision or a place to move into. And the Spirit of God says, so they ran right back into the same bondage that they were in in the first place. And the Spirit of God says, Son, so I'm anointing your eyes in this next season. And the Lord says, I am giving you the ability to see things from my perspective, says the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, part of what I'm doing, even in the midst of you, the Lord says, Son, I'm going to cause you to rub shoulders, says the Lord, with government officials. And the Spirit of God says, part of what that's going to have the ability to do, the Lord says, it will touch education in a greater way. It will touch the way that people are trained and nurtured and brought up. And the Spirit of God says, Son, because of what I'm anointing you for, the Spirit of God says, I'm getting ready to cause resources like you have not known to even be transferred in your hands. And the Lord says, Son, I trust you that you would steward it well. And the Spirit of God says, what you're calling a lot right now will look like a little in comparison to that which I'm about to do, even in the midst of you. Father, we release that anointing in Jesus' name. And I want you to understand me. I'm not talking here about wealth that just affects you and allows you to live in opulence. But here I'm talking about wealth that causes a man to rise up who blesses the nation. Father, release this anointing in a great way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to sit down, but before I do, I want to pray for you. If you're in this room and you want a new glory anointing, you want a new dimension anointing, I want you to come forward quickly. I want to pray for you. You want a new glory anointing? You want an anointing for a new day, a new season? But you're not just coming to this altar to watch, you're coming to pray. And you want that next dimension. You want that new glory anointing. You want to overhear conversations in heaven. You want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you. You're ready. Can I have a choir up here? You're ready for divine direction. You're ready for divine encounters with the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you. But before I do, can I release a prophetic word over this house? Can I do that? Tell you what the Lord said to me this morning. Can I? I don't hear you. And I'll, I'll send this as an email. The Lord says, the Lord says, and I do everything, by the way, when I come to church, I don't look at Instagrams or Facebook or internet or anything like that. Um, the only thing I do, I just like to hear from God fresh for what he's saying. So I didn't know what your church looked like. I didn't know anything uh, before I came. But the Lord says this. He said, I want you to tell them that this is my house of champions. And the Lord says, the Lord says, I am raising. Now, I want you to really get this in your spirit. The Lord says, I am raising heroes through this house. There's a hero anointing upon this house. And the Lord says, it'll be for the salvation of a land. And the Lord says, they shall be those who bear a torch. And the Lord says, the dark shall be lit. The Lord says, I'm giving them an undying light for me. And these will have a multicolored coat. For, the, for in one 
they will say you're a prophet. In another, they'll say you're a businessman. Yet in another, they'll say you're a statesman and a builder of the nation. And the Lord says, I will give this church the heart of a volunteer. And then I will cover this heart in gold. When I do and see the pure move of God, they will transform Nigeria because I will transform them. And I see the words in the Spirit, revive Nigeria, revive Africa. And the Spirit of God says, I am giving you a mandate to revive Nigeria and to revive Africa. And the Lord says, I gave them business and arts and a media mantle. And they shall own, hear this, the Lord says, this house will own a major music studio. For there is a sound I want to fill Africa and the internet with. And the Lord says, there will be dramas that will transform social ideologies. And I am making this church a friend to the nation. And the Lord says, you will marry the land. Don't be those who build towers to the heavens, but be as those who salt the earth. If you do this, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He says, if you do this, declares the Lord, I will make your name great and you shall know the anointing to overtake. I saw this church and it turned into a labor ward. And it says, he said, it came, became a labor ward with prayer and fasting. There was a move of prayer and fasting that began to issue from this church. And the Lord says, if you steward it well, and if you will learn my mysteries about fasting and prayer, the Lord says, then you will see that what you do so well naturally will be empowered by the supernatural. And the Lord says, you will see my favor and be the house that my river flows out to bless Nigeria and Africa. You are on top of a well of oil, says the Lord. And now is the time to dig up the well, says the Spirit of the living God to you. And I, I, I saw when I came into this room, I don't know if it's going to be a program or something that's going to happen through this church, but I saw the Word. I saw it in the center of this room, almost like where you'd have old Indian uh, places where they'd have a campfire. And I saw the words campfire. And the Spirit of God says, I'm getting ready to raise up a campfire in this house. And the Lord says, you'll come with your torches and you'll be lit on the inside of your spirit. And the Lord says, what you do will not just touch your church, but will touch the churches around. And in that way, the Lord says, I will break down the walls of this church because the place you are in is too small and the Lord says I change the name church to army and the Lord says you will be known as the army of the Lord says the spirit of the living God oh I want you to do something I'm going to give you an instruction you may not want to do it and if you can't I'm going to pray that that comes upon you for two minutes we're going to roll a stone away and you may not know what your stone is so we're going to pray in the Holy Ghost for two minutes I need you to close your eyes and focus just two minutes just two minutes do you know the song our Father all of heaven oh come on pray in the Holy Ghost Oh, Lord, sing louder. 
Sometimes you gotta roll your own self. 
Bible says the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. says the Lord I'm raising you to wake him up and the Lord says you will be a rude awakening you will be an alarm in the spirit Oh, you'll know the angelic realm. And you'll know the glory. And the Lord says, you're not beside yourself. I'm training you to hear my voice. I've been training you in the quiet place, says the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord says, I'm anointing you. I'm twisting and turning you like a shofar. And out of your belly, says the Lord, Shema Ega Steva shall stir such a fire. Such a fire, such a fire, such a fire. Take it in Jesus' mighty and glorious name. I speak a new fire even over you. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there's a new anointing. Lift your hands. You can catch this. I want you in receiving mode. Receiving mode. Receiving mode. When you're in receiving mode, Kita pray is so so vain. Father, what you caused to rest upon my life at the age of 15. I say, let this anointing, let this mantle rest. 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 A new anointing, a new anointing, a new anointing, a new anointing, a new glory, a new glory. I speak it over you. I release a new anointing for a new season, even over you. never be the same again I want you right now open up your spirit just open it up we all know how to do it we just don't know stone is rolled away just open it up open it up lift your hands and open up your spirit father in Jesus name speak a fresh anointing come on I want you to expect it I speak a fresh fire Father sensitize hearts right now sensitize sensitize where religion has made us insensitive to your spirit sensitize us again I decree a new glory, a new glory, a new glory. Come on, open up your spirit. A new glory, 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 a new glory in Jesus' name. A new glory in the name of Jesus. A new glory, a new glory. A new, a new. Take it. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours. A new, a new glory. A new glory in the name of the Lord. Father, a new, a new glory. Glory, a new glory, a new season. A new season, baro come in the aya. Heligan amor, vega stay de boa. Father, over this room right now, I release a fresh fire, a fresh anointing. Father, I ask, can I tell you what gift God's going to give some of you? God's going to give some of you, hear this, and you, you may not like it. 
God's going to give some of you the gift of displeasure. The tears of Jeremiah. He didn't say blessed are the field. He said blessed are the hunger. God's going to give some of you such agony in your spirit that you'll be praying for hours and hours and hours. And God touched and anointed me. Five hours was too small to pray. I would be weeping and weeping and weeping for hours. He's releasing it even now. Father, I pray, release the divine gift of displeasure. Release divine hunger. 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 That we won't do church as usual. That our altars would not be free of tears and weeping and fasting and mourning. Father, we would no longer walk the streets of Nigeria and just say, this is the way it is. Father, we would agonize with heaven. We would agonize with heaven. We'd say, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Give us the tears of Jeremiah. Give us the agonizing for nations. Yeah, you already got it. You've already got it. A wailing and a weeping. Father increased this is how revival starts it starts with displeasure displeasure moves to discipline discipline moves to desire and desire moves to delight revival starts with the gift of displeasure when God makes a soul so uncomfortable with the status quo you can go back to your seats I'm done if you want a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.